Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to episode number 145 of Wings, Beers, and Tears. We are talking DMV sports like we always do. Get your full DMV sports download and beyond here on Wings, Beers, and Tears. I am joined by Jerry and I am Todd and here we go. It's Super Bowl week, brother. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) It is Super Bowl week. So here's what we got on the docket tonight. We got a lot of shit to talk about. We're gonna we're gonna put to rest the 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 Ravens game that was most definitely disappointing. We will uh, preview the Super Bowl between the 49ers and Chiefs. Um, We will unfortunately dive into the Caps and Terps just a little bit. Um, Ironically, the parallels between those two teams are pretty thick, in my opinion. I'll, I'll give my take on that later. But there is a new sheriff in town. Jerry, I know you were waiting. You were biting your nails. You were sitting on pins and needles waiting for the announcement of the Washington Commanders head coach. And I'm guessing you were jumping for joy when Dan Quinn was announced. I didn't really care. (laughs) I mean, obviously, he wasn't their first or second choice. Um, Right. And I'm a little bit disappointed in the PR battle that the team seems to be waging with Ben Johnson. He's not worth it. Um, it's, it's, I think, kind of beneath them. But I, I, it's pretty clear to me that he was their number one choice. He was their target. Um, for all the hurdles that may have existed, I think they were going to Detroit to finalize the deal. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Um, and, I mean, there are all kinds of reports that uh, he was never interested in them. Um, he didn't want to coach anybody but the Chargers. Uh, he wanted too much money. Um, he wasn't ready and maybe backed out. All that's just just bullshit on both sides. Well, you're familiar with negotiations and, and give and take and everything else. So to your point, you're probably like, this shit goes on all the time. It's yeah. just you wanted to get a deal done. You had your guy, and he wasn't the right dance partner. Yeah. He didn't want it, and you didn't want to succumb to a certain, uh, you know, a few of his demands. So, right. you know. I mean – it seems to me that they had been they had at least one meeting with him mm-hmm. uh they had talked they were enough they were impressed enough to have a second meeting with him uh in person they were flying there to meet with with him and he informed them his agent informed them through uh while they were on the plane that he wasn't going to do it so apparently i'm i'm assuming circumstantially what happened was is you know he had met with the commanders, expressed an interest. They had expressed an interest with him to table it until after Detroit was lost. Right. Detroit lost against uh, San Francisco. They were flying out to meet him. At that point, maybe uh, he upped his demands for salary because um, uh, maybe Detroit offered him more money to stay. Maybe sure. They, you know, they gave a thing. Maybe he he talked to people and realized that he didn't really want to be part of a rebuild. Um and cut it off, which is weird. I don't know why you wouldn't just have the interview and tell them in the interview. Yeah. Um, because they were coming yeah. to Detroit anyway to uh, to interview the defensive coordinator. So it's a whole weird thing, but it, I think... It, weird is the right word which, for me. What screwed them, though, is that by waiting, they really lost their opportunity to get McDonald because he, had already, he was farther along with Seattle. Exactly right. Um, and when... Ben Johnson was off the table. The natural reaction was, "Here we go to McDonald," but he was already 
and play with Seattle. Sure. So I think they went to their next guy. Um, I will say this. I don't think the gap between any of the three is that big. I think they probably had a preference to go with the offensive guy. Yep. Not that he's better than the defensive guy, but just I I, I agree. There's a lot of reasons to go with an offensive guy if you're going to get a new quarterback. Um, But as it worked out, you get a head coach who knows football, Mm -hmm. and he is able to lure uh, a young, creative, offensive mind, you know, in Kingsbury to be your OC. So I can't imagine he's that much different than Ben Johnson in terms of knowledge of the game, creativity, and the the modern – age um and then you know you have quinn and uh, his guy joe witt to be mm-hmm. the defensive coordinator and i think it's a pretty good setup yeah so no good good recap uh couldn't agree more i'm with you i don't even really give a fuck about the 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 behind the scenes goings on of the interview processes right it's overblown it's so dramatic for a sport that, you know, prides itself on being, you know, the toughest athletes and the toughest coaches and this and that and the other, we get these hiring frenzies in the offseason, and it's so fucking lame. I mean, it's like all you guys are, like, in there lifting weights, and then you're like, oh, my God, he didn't want the job. This is the worst thing ever. Right. It's like, dude, just shut up. Um, I think that was just ego and, I, it, it, It's you know, a number saving of things. Face. And, and the local media obviously salivates on anything Washington right. football-related. So, I mean... This is the biggest story they've had in quite some time. New ownership group, new GM. They actually have a, a, a structure in place that that now matches a lot of other successful NFL teams. So that's, I think, reason for optimism right. as a Washington fan. But I think you, I think you nailed it there with your assessment of Quinn. For everybody that was like, "Oh, you know, this guy, fuck him." He's been a head coach and he's been to a Super Bowl. Yeah, um, he's well liked and well respected. Seems to be. He's relatively young. I mean, on the on the scale, I mean, what he's fifty three years old. He, you know, dude looks the part. Right. Looks like an NFL lifer, but he's got some good tread on the tires. I don't personally care. For me, the number two pick is your biggest asset as as a club right now, and you've got a young G- GM who's got to get his first top pick right. Exactly. So he's to me the pressure's on him. I almost think this is a safer hire for him in a lot of ways because it's an established NFL coach. And this ownership group, if you've seen what they've done in their other sports, right? Yeah. The New Jersey Devils, um, they have gone nothing but old, tried and true coaches. Uh, the 76ers, his first big hire there, Josh Harris, was Doc Rivers. Like they only go. They, they would much rather cement themselves with somebody that knows what the fuck they're doing and then kind of meander and find their way. To me, the biggest thing is who do they draft and who's your OC. Right. And I'm with you 100%. I think Kingsbury is one of those young, smart offensive minds who could be great and he could be a bust. Um, no, I don't, but think, I I don't, don't think that's different than Ben Johnson. I certainly don't think he's going to be a bust. Um, I think he's proven that he knows offensive football. I think so, he too. He may not have been a head coach, which, I mean, look, the way, it, the way I review it is you're going to get Ben Johnson and an innovative offensive staff. And then Ben Johnson was going to have to hire an established defensive coordinator to basically make it two staffs. You know right. what I mean? Like yep. you run the defense and I'll do timeouts and stuff, but I'm so it's going to have to be basically two head coaches. Here, I think you have the same thing. I think you have Dan Quinn, 
um, and Joe Witt on defense, and they have they're going to turn to Kingsbury and say, "This is your offense crafted." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let's talk about things. But but sure. at the end of the day, um, you hire the guys you want to hire. I'm sure he's going to hire guys that he knows. Yep, uh, and. So it's it's it, I don't think it's that much of a difference. I, I could not agree with you more. And you made a point on the last podcast that people are so hot and heavy with offensive minded coaches. But you're like, when, once you coach at a certain level, you understand both sides of the ball because yeah. it directly affects you. So if you're a defensive minded coach, you're constantly thinking, how do I break down this dynamic Patrick Mahomes offense? Right. So now you get a guy like Cliff Kingsbury. You get the second overall pick. And you got this offense going. Everybody's like, "Oh, Dan Quinn's just going to sit back and do nothing." No, no, no. I, I think his input's going to be, "Hey, as a as a defense, here's what I'm doing to counter this." And right. I, I, I think he's obviously very vested in the offense. So, so he, here's the difference: Dan Quinn failed in Atlanta because when he went to the Super Bowl, he was able to renegotiate personnel decisions, and it failed. Yep. <laughs> Same thing with Ron Rivera. Yep. The same reason he was so miserable in Washington really wasn't coaching. It was the choices he was making bringing players in. Yep. Here, that is going to fall on Adam Peters. Well, and apparently what one of the things that Quinn really wowed them with in the interview process was he made no bones about it. He was like, I will, I, I will be happy to sit in all the draft talks and negotiations and whatever else he's like you guys are the player personnel guys yeah. you know well i'm sure uh, i'm sure he's going to be part of it because coaches have to be yeah, yeah. he's got to say you know i mean when they're picking this quarterback they're going to do hours and hundreds of hours on three or four quarterbacks and right in different scenarios and you know kingsbury is going to say look here's my board this mm-hmm. is what i think that's right uh, this is who's the best and it, right you know if caleb williams is the best and and how can we get caleb williams or if uh, you know, I really think uh, the kid from LSU is the best. Or, mm-hmm. he, or there's not really much difference between uh, uh, Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels or Drake May or right. whatever. Sure. And then they're, then at that point, um, I think it becomes Peters' obligation to actually make the decision. Can yeah. we go get him? Right. Can we go get Caleb Williams? Or do we just sit and see who falls? Because yeah. if, if, if the three are – about rated the same. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Um, so, and the thing about Kingsbury is he knows Caleb Williams intimately because he was just at USC with him. That's exactly right. So he knows what he can do and what he can't do. Yep. Um, the one thing I know Cliff Kingsbury can do is look at quarterbacks and think they, how they translate to the NFL. That's exactly right. right. Um, now, nothing's foolproof. Um, who knows if he's the one that drafted Kyler Murray? Not sure Kyler Murray's very good. Um, what I don't think the commanders will do is what some people are saying is just take uh, the the kid from the Bears, you know, and they're not going to do that. Oh, um, oh no, f- Justin Fields, right? No, that, fucking that's way. what some people are saying. Like I Sean know, Merriman I know. Came out and said, you know, the commander should do this, but nobody thinks about. They just think about talent. They don't yeah. think about you got you owe him a new contract. That's right. Are you ready to pay Justin Fields twenty five million dollars a year? Absolutely not. No, you are taking a flyer with the number two pick on on the quarterback. Because you have to, right? That, that, plain and simple. I wouldn't offer. I wouldn't offer a fourth for Justin Fields. Yeah, wouldn't offer a fourth because you got. It's not that he can't play. I think he can play. Sure, but I don't think he's going to want. Damn, they're close to Lamar money. Here's the deal, and you're not going to pay with him. the number two pick. What you get is an elite prospect, a fresh coaching staff yeah. who seems energized and ready to go, and you get four years of this cost controlled asset and five really if you five, do an really. option. Yes, yeah. absolutely right. That is 
you cannot turn down that scenario. You can't turn it down. Um, I'm of the opinion that you make the safest pick possible and, and get a starter right away. But here's the deal. It, it, we're not at number eight. We're at number two. Yeah. You, you, I think you have to take the flyer and you got to do, well, you got to pick the quarterback. I'm fairly certain it's going to be a quarterback if they stay at number two. Yes. Um, and I don't see a reason why they would trade out of number two. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't, I don't think the package is going to be good enough to trade down. You got to, um, you got to hit it. Yep. You got to hit it and you got to be lucky. So, so what is your assessment? I mean, I, obviously no one's like jumping for joy that it's Dan Quinn, but I think anybody that's poo-pooing that it's Dan Quinn is missing the boat here because I, I, I truly believe, like you said, the coaching search, it's a little like taking your quarterback. Right. It's not a done deal. No matter how well they test, no matter how yeah. good the measurables are, oh, he was a winner in college and he's matured, he's six foot four, and he's got this arm, and he might be fucking Ryan Leaf. Well, I, you you I mean, just don't know. The same net, thing for quarterbacks or coaches. People are saying Dan Quinn's the same thing as Ron Rivera, but it's not. It, it's not even it, close it, in my uh, opinion. Well, I don't know if it's... Uh, they there are parallels, know, but... They, yeah, they both know football, but here's the difference. He's not picking the players. He's not ta- He's not. He's not in talent acquisition. Ron Rivera was the worst I've ever seen at it. it he was, he was historically Dan, bad. Yeah, and Dan Quinn didn't do really anything... Great when he was picking, right? So and Kingsbury, you know, even you know, who knows the the structure they had in Arizona, but obviously that that didn't work out great. So you know, really, the trust is the difference with all these situations is you have Adam Peters making the decisions. He's been groomed mm-hmm. for this job. That's right. Um, he's made good decisions. He also drafted Trey Lance. Or he's also involved in the process of drafting trailers. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is no, he's made mistakes. He's had busts. I'm telling you what, it comes down to things that nobody knows. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to, um, you know, everybody has great arm strength, everybody can run, everybody's a great athlete. Like they'll go to these combines and they'll throw the ball 80 yards and they'll, you know, these receivers will be doing. You know, go routes and 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 all these routes that they've been practicing at the combine with nobody in their face. Yep. And look at that arm strength. Look at him snap it. He steps into the throw. He's got a cannon, right? But nobody can know what it's going to be like when people are in their face. I was going to say when T.J. Watts lined up on the outside. (laughs) And it's it's these things that reporters don't know. It's these things that guys like me and you who watch it they don't know no fuck it, no you have to be you you have to understand it's really how fast can can they think my what i have heard about kingsbury's offense and this is from patrick mahomes so mm-hmm. uh, who played for him says he gets the ball out quick you have to be able to get the ball out quick now there are some similarities between um mahomes and caleb williams kind of small Kind of stocky, mm-hmm. decent athletes um, has a f- has a flair for the big big play, right? right? Um, and you know has the ability has that quality, but I will say you know Caleb Williams has a lot of things that concern me. Just you know I watched him play this year, and he didn't look as good as he did in the past. I agree, and I could not agree you with know, you more. Maybe, maybe that's a sign of not being able to sort of gel with in in the Kingsbury. You know, he, I think the 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 knock on Caleb Williams, and we'll get into this for the next couple of months, is that he was really trying to show the world that it, what kind of great athlete he was this year. So maybe he ran more than he would had in the past, and okay, and all of that. 
I hadn't heard um, that, but yeah. I, so I, I get so on board with he, that. he yeah. was trying to show, but I don't know anybody that puts "fuck Utah" on his fingernails before he plays Utah and he goes out and gets his ass kicked. Um, yeah, I just he seems to be a me guy. Yep. Um, now you that doesn't really mean anything. It's just kind of an off putting for a fifty year old white guy like me. Yeah, which means nothing to yeah. to people. I just hope that um, that they don't overpay, that they don't gamble. Um, but I think I really trust Adam Peters, which is why the long answer, the short conclusion to the long winded answer is that's why it's totally different with this group. I I think that's really well said. If uh, Dan Quinn was picking the players, I'd be like, we're fucked. Yep. No, I think I think it is different. I'm always one of those guys. I'm willing to give somebody. A, I do think. Uh, a different, um, s- different scenery, different parameters, different uh, variables. Yeah, creates a different coach. You know, unless you're one of the the the, the gray beards, unless you're your Belichick or Pete Carroll that have, you know, this is my system. It works. Right. Da, da, da. I think every other coach is basically like interchangeable in some ways. I'm and, I'm, and sometimes just I'm with a, you. And sometimes just a different change of scenery works. Yeah, you I, know. And what what did they learn from their previous one? And again, that's what I kept hearing with Quinn was he wowed them with his introspection and saying, "Man, those last two years in, in Atlanta, I would have done it totally differently." Right. You know, I tried to keep the band together just with different parts, and it just wasn't working. Right. And we missed. You know. I think that uh, that Kingsbury will have a vision as to what his offense wants to look like and how he wants to attack defenses and what he needs. I think Dan Quinn will have a vision on what he wants his defense to look like in this modern day, you know, right uh, age of defense and what he needs. Uh, the question is, it's going to take a lot of time to get what he needs. Right. Not, even with $90 right. million and all these draft picks, you know, you're still not going to be able uh, to do I mean, my if I my question to Dan Quinn, if I was sitting in a room with him right now, was say, okay, how do you get the best out of this corner we just drafted? Yep, was that a waste? How do you get the best out of Jamin Davis? We don't seem to have a line, lot of linebackers. We need two defensive ends. Are we going to resign Cam Curl? Mm-hmm. Or can we get someone? As, I mean, he's he probably has answers just like that to that. This is this is what we want to do. Right, right, right. And then. It comes to Adam Peters to say, okay, well, we have these 15 needs. Um, this is how we're going to attack it. Right. We can give you eight out of your 15 on the wish list. Yeah. yeah. You we, know. What we, we can give you eight, and if we cut and, corners, and, we can and give are you, you able to are you able to, to patchwork some shit together in the right. meantime? You know? I guess I'm, I'm optimistic as a fan from the standpoint of I believe this team is going to be coached so much better than it was in the previous few It'll years. It'll just be a top-to-bottom better organization. It's just going to be a better organization. And you're right. There's going to be some growing pains, and there's going to be some games that are probably pretty ugly and whatever else. Well, welcome to the NFL. It fucking happens. Yeah. You know, um, People's memories are so short. Baltimore put the fucking smack down on San Fran just six weeks ago. Right. Like, embarrass the shit out of them. And San Fran's last man standing right now in the NFC. So, it, shit happens, man. It's sports. And and both teams are trying. And I just think for the most part, this team is – their trajectory now gives me a little bit of optimism and hope that they're at least going to be a legit organization now. You know? Right. Ownership change, real structure, and, and people in place that seem like they're professionals and know what the fuck they're doing. I will say this, though. I will be mildly surprised – if the commanders do not draft Caleb Williams at some point, either they trade up to get him or they don't think he's going to be taken. 
Okay. I, I do think he is the quarterback that kind of fits the mold that Kingsbury wants. I've heard that as well. And then I heard um, I heard a, a ex-NFL GM today. Um, these guys, this is their week, by the way, on Radio Row. Oh, this yeah, they love Any yeah. ex-GM or executive sure. is just like out there, just and giant every, boner. Just and like and everything their, is opinion or lie. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, but I heard somebody make the case for Jaden Daniels and yeah. say he thinks that that fits the mold of the Kingsbury offense better. He might. I mean, I, uh, I, 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 I can't lie. Again, you and I, we don't know shit. No, I can't, I can't tell you that Jaden – I mean, Jaden has a great production. Is that because – I mean, he does play in the SEC, but but can he get the ball out quick? Right. That's what Major wants to know. I, I, he does. Inquiring can, lines can, want to know. Can he get the ball out quick? Can he do what Kingsbury does? Or is this going to be more of a – is he more of a RPO, you know – play action guy who just runs the ball kind of like Lamar. I don't think Kingsbury's offense is like what Lamar does. No, I don't think so either. Right? And is he more like Lamar uh where he, you know, he finds just a couple receivers, he has a couple reads and then tuck it and run. Right. I think Kingsbury is like we got four guys, you got to make that decision quick. A la the you know, Mahomes from a couple years ago. Right. That's know. what Mahomes Mahomes, yeah. Mahomes can make plays when he yeah. wants to, but he's a pretty sophisticated quarterback. He is. Um and you know, so if I had to guess, I think that, you know, the focus is going to be on offense is going to be quarterback mm-hmm. and tight end. Yep. Because they have wide receivers and the the rumor with Kingsbury, what what uh what people have said is he can hide bad offensive lines. I've heard that he, as because well. he gets the ball out so fucking yep. fast. Yep. His style tends to lend itself to you can have an average offensive line and it's not an anchor. Whereas, right. you know, it, the question I have is, is this an average offensive line or can it be an average offensive line or better? I, probably. You can, I think you they're can, at least a year or two eh, away, You right? could get some journeyman guys. But I remember seeing Texas A&M play West Virginia, and I just remember seeing a bunch of fucking small wide receivers just running across the middle. Yeah. Like everybody was like running – Crossing routes. Now, I don't know if that's the same because I didn't watch Arizona that much. Right. Right. I, I don't know if you can do that in the NFL. Sure. But I just remember Texas A&M, they would put like 40 on you. Yeah. They're deep, they'd give up 50. Right. But their, but their, but their offense was just a bunch of like scatterbacks. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're, you always had someone running wide open. The other analogy I heard with, with how Kingsbury runs his offense Somebody said his offense is, you know, this spread style that only works in college. And then I heard uh, a debate. Um, and the the other executive said to counter that he goes basically his offense is going to mirror what Mike McDaniel does in in Miami, right? Quick, he's like so quick tempo. He's like so you just gave Mike yeah. McDaniel like an A plus grade for the year they had, and he's like and now you're shitting on Cliff Kingsbury. He's like bottom line is it's got to work in the place you're at, right? You know, and how does how do the egos mesh? How do they mesh? Because Kingsbury's you can tell that motherfucker's got an ego. Oh, he's and is he going to tell Dan Quinn to fuck off when right. he stay in your lane, bro? This is not our this our deal was I run it right right. And are they going to hey, mesh? man? If it, if if it gets down to a brawl, I'm taking Quinn. Quinn looks like a Quinn great. seems to be a good guy who's able to work with people. You know who he reminds me of a little bit. And granted, ah, I'm just I'm just going to say it. He gives me just the slightest bit of Dan Campbell vibes. From that former, a big dumb animal, big but, dumb but, animal, yeah, but, gregarious, yeah. passionate, has that look like it's fucking football. We're doing this, you know. And I, when they hired Campbell in Detroit, I was not a fan. But look at the results. <laughs> I mean, he's got a good staff. He's got 
I mean, shit, he's got the most sought-after offensive coordinator in the league in Ben Johnson, who we just talked about, who's going to stay there. Um, and his team plays really hard. And they were, I mean, dude, they're two or three plays away from being in the Super Bowl. You know why they're good? Because they haven't missed. They haven't missed in the draft. Right. And they haven't missed at quarterback. That's right. And they have amazing fucking talent. Yep. I mean, Absolutely. they drafted Hutchison. He's a stud. They drafted Jameer Gibbs. He's a fucking stud. Sam Laporta. Sam I mean, Laporta. I mean, talk He's about a fucking stud. They and, and to your point about quarterback and, and tight end in Washington, I'm not sleeping on that tight end position in Washington. If you've got an offense that spreads and gets the ball qu- out quickly, you need a good tight end. And I, I would be surprised if Cliff Kingsbury's comments to gay, uh, to Adam Peters is, "Look, I need a quarterback and I need a tight end, I, I, and I need him in the first two. I, I first would, two. I would bet money that those you know. those would be the you know. Hey, we want your input, Coach. Quarterback, tight end. That's hey, it. Hey, <laughs> let's trade up. Let's trade up these two second round picks and go get that tight end from Texas, mm-hmm. right? Who's almost as good as the tight end from Georgia, right? Right. If he sli- if he's falling in the teens, let's trade up and get that guy, mm-hmm. and then. You know, Quinn's gonna be like, "Well, fuck, we need some. We need two defensive ends, right? Let's take that trade up and get a defense." That's why you, you know, you you have to be judicious. Or maybe Peter says, "Nah, we're gonna stay because we'll just get the fourth tight end." Right? He's better than what we got. He's yeah. an upgrade on what we got. Sure, and and that allows us to keep it and get a linebacker. Well, the roster construction, the draft prep, all that stuff. That's gonna be fun to talk about here over the next few weeks. Um, but the coaching staff's in place. The yeah. front office is essentially in place. Um, and now, get to work, boys. Yeah. You know, let's fucking well. go. Um, we've turned the corner. Ron Rivera, Godspeed, sir. Yeah. I mean, he's interviewing with a bunch of teams. So, <laughs> I good know. Luck. God bless him, man. He's got the coaching bug. Is he All right. actually going to talk on the sidelines? He's going to sit there with his arm <laughs> frost all fucking game. All right. So, let's get back onto the field. And our Super Bowl matchup is your 49ers, your Chiefs. Fucking stud-laden rosters, uh, lots and lots of superstars, off the field stuff. It's gonna be it's gonna be a spectacle as it always is. Um, and Super Bowl week is is you know going on that trend, right? Um, but let's break down the conference final games real quick. So we'll start with the AFC because uh, you know that was that was tough to watch. Um, so you and I, Jerry, we watched the game together at the the local watering hole. Quincy's, you I, get a shout out. I drank. I drank too much. <laughs> I was. I was. You dr- entertained I, the living shit out of me. I, I, will tell I was you. drunker than I thought I would be. <laughs> um, you were not happy with Baltimore, um, and namely Baltimore's offense. Well, I, I think, that's, and for good reason. Yeah, I mean, listen, Lamar dropped the the ball again. Um, I will say this. I don't know why. Um, their receivers can't beat one-on-one coverage ever. Like, nobody was fucking Shocking. Open. Nobody was open. Shocking. Uh, that's what it looked like. I mean, I, I wanted to see, you know, you never get to, you never get to see why Lamar's holding onto the ball. Is it because they're not open, or is it because he can't throw into a window? Right. Right? I mean, maybe they're as open as receivers in the NFL get. Right? And his he, window just has to he, be bigger. Yeah. He just has to be bigger. He can't. Yeah. He doesn't feel comfortable. That's an interesting theory. Um. So that's what I was wanting to see. I know I didn't say it that eloquently. I was like, what the fuck? You know. But, but <laughs> make a fucking play. But make the, a fucking play. That was your go-to line. <laughs> but the <laughs> but the defense played very well. They really did. Dude, I, I know they got down I was down with early. you during the game. I thought Mike McDonald's stock went up in that oh, game. Oh, that's why I was, I was like, like, I love oh, this guy. Shit. I mean, this wa- dude, I, I don't know if he does a good coaching. He or schemed they, great. 
Dude, um, do you know Kansas City had less than 100 yards in the second half? I know. They didn't do shit. That was fucking and awesome. They just, and they just couldn't get stuff going on. And it was like Mark Andrews was active. I don't know if he did much. He looked about as healthy as you and me. Yeah, uh, likely you know. didn't do much. Um, uh, Beckham, why? Why is he on the team? Right. Um, I mean, Bateman, they, so that's an example of a first-round bust for them. Yeah, um, you know, no, you're just, right. He's just not very good. Um, and they just could not get any sort of separation. And it looked like to me that Kansas City was saying, we are not going to let you run and beat us. Yep. So we're going to have spies, one or two. We're going to crowd the line of scrimmage, and we're not going to give you running lanes. And then we're just going to assume you can't get the ball to your wide receivers for whatever reason. And I don't. that's where I don't know whose fault it is. But it was a problem. It was a problem. And, again, I'm not a diehard Ravens fan, but I was definitely rooting for them. Local DMV team. Yeah. I really do like Lamar. I like John Harbaugh. Um, love Mark Andrews. Love Kyle Hamilton. I love Queen. Uh, Baltimore's a very likable team, in my opinion. Um, tough division. They, they slugged it out. They made it to the conference finals at home. I thought this is the year Lamar gets over the hump. There were so many regretful plays during that game. Um, turnovers from the Ravens absolutely killed them. And in football, turnovers are the great equalizer. Right. You, if you turn the ball over, you can be the best team on paper, and you can dominate the line of scrimmage, time of possession, and everything else, and you can lose that game. That's just how it goes. Yeah. You know, turnovers killed them. The penalties killed them. And oh, definitely. I, I certainly heard over, over the Baltimore radio airwaves last week the cries for how poor the officiating was in that game, and it was piss poor. It was not good. Um, we were yelling at the TV going, that is not a penalty. Hey, you know what? That's that. That's the game. It's the NFL, and that's not going to change. Yeah, I mean, I don't, um, I don't blame the refs. No, I do not think the refs. I mean, you got to score more than ten points. One hundred percent right. They can kick themselves for fumbling the ball on the goal line. They can kick themselves for throwing the ball into the end zone needlessly for a turnover. So that's two turnovers in the red zone. Um, they can kick themselves for not kicking the field goal earlier, which is what you were yelling for. Which would have been a great idea. That's what I was. I mean, they had like four minutes left. They were down by seven or ten. Ten. Um, and I was like, they're they're just going to make you bleed your timeouts. Just kick the field goal now, make a stop, use your timeouts, and then go for the hundred percent. Um, so there was a lot of mismanagement in that game, and it was a big missed opportunity because the defense did play well enough to win that game. And that when you're playing the Chiefs, and you you go, the Chiefs had. 17 points, and I think right around 300 yards of total offense. Right. And they lost that game at home. That's well, just not good enough. I mean, Zay Flowers was the only weapon they had, 100 and 100, over 100 yards, but he had the critical penalty. Yep. And then, the, obviously, the critical turnover right yep. at the goal line. Yep, um, two just absolute crushing blows. You just you, – you, it's hard to recover from those. It is. Because you take the ball, you've matriculated it down the field, you've taken time off the clock – and you re- you get almost nothing out of out of any of those drives. Yep. And that's that's just a killer. It is. Um, but I mean, look, I don't think Kansas City was the better team. I just think they were more mature, and they're used to being there. They are. And they make. I mean, that the first two drives from Kansas City until McDonald settled down, uh, that first catch from Kelsey. I mean, you can't cover him any better than that. Yeah. I mean, he's a you know he just great throw. The only place. You're, that it would that it could go was either a catch or an incompletion, and he adjusts his body. He can't outrun anybody. You're stride by stride with him, and you have your arm around him. 
and he still makes a catch. Yep. I mean, there's nothing you well, can do. Well, it's interesting because you started this with, you know, it's funny with Baltimore how they couldn't get separation, you know, and it's kind of puzzling, right? Well, Mahomes doesn't need separation. And there it is, right? So on the other side of the ball, you go, oh, well, they got Pat Mahomes. We well, got fucking Lamar Jackson. He's the MVP. Yeah. So both guys, you got dueling quarterbacks that are mobile and MVP dudes and have been in the league. Like the the the, the lights weren't too bright for either of them. It just looks and both teams have very average to below average receiving cores and offensive lines and offensive well, lines. Baltimore's yet, a pretty good offensive line. But yet Pat Kansas Mahomes City's- found a way to extend plays to get the ball right. into tight windows and just simply make I mean, more plays. But he gets the ball out so quick. He, does. he neutralizes. I mean, he really is. He can neutralize. He's like Tom Brady. He really is. He, he is. except he's a better athlete. Um, so damn crafty back but, there. But Tom Brady can get the ball out quickly, neutralizes pass rushes. Yep. Generally. And he doesn't need a window to throw the ball. Right. He throws it almost within fifteen yards, dead on balls accurate every fucking time. Yep. And you know, it's like some people can just do that shit. Like Greg yeah. Maddox when he was pitching. Yeah. He never threw fucking balls. Right. And like he had like he 30 lived, walks his fucking on, entire career. Right, he lived on the corners yeah. with such he regularity. Can, he cannot, yeah. and, and so some people just have it. Yeah. I wish there was a test that you can do. <laughs> Seriously. You know, and, you know, to, you know, to, to, to be able to judge that in a private workout, right? Yeah. And I don't know, but that's, well, that's, those are the great ones. I will say that the, for me, the shining, the, the shining beams of light for Baltimore were, I thought Kyle Hamilton emerged as an absolute fucking monster on defense. He's their best player. He's so damn good, Jerry. He made so many plays, especially in that second half after they settled down, where I was like, somebody make a play, somebody make a play. Oh, there's Hamilton. There's Hamilton again. If you'd have told me that the Ravens would have held the Chiefs to 17 points, I'd be like, they're going to win. I would have said 31-17. Yeah, I I would have said 80% of the time they're going to win. I agree. You know, I agree, and they just yeah. so I'm frustrated for for Ravens fans. Um, I'm kind of frustrated as more of an NFL purist because I do like it when better teams win. I yeah. think Baltimore's a better team, but yeah. Yeah. you know they're not there, and KC is, and and they deserve the credit. Yeah, you know, and that's the other part of it is you know people in the league they're like fucking Kansas City. I'm like, what do you mean fucking Kansas City? They yeah. did it again. You know, I mean, they, honestly, I do. I am be cheering for San Francisco. All right, so we'll, so let, let before we get into our Super Bowl picks and preview and everything else, let's real quickly um, touch on the the NFC side of things. So it was the Lions at the 49ers. The Lions came out ass on fire. Um, they choked that game away. They did. They were up 17 on the road, and San Fran looked rattled and didn't look like themselves, and they just kept chugging away and chipping away, and, and lo and behold, you know, San Fran persevered. Um, I actually don't think San Fran has played well for quite some time, yeah. but here they are in the in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, look, um, I gotta be honest with you, I don't, I don't think they played. I don't think they looked that good either. No, I, I don't think they played well. They're, you know what they are? They're really resourceful. And I will, again, I'll go ahead and say it. I think Kyle Shanahan's the best coach in the NFL right now. He just he, every button he pushes, it seems to work. You know, when one coach runs a little counter when you don't think they should. And they get stopped, and it's third and long. You're like, "What an idiot!" And Kyle Shanahan does it, and McCaffrey busts out ten yards, or yeah. Debo Samuel does something, or Brendan Ayuk, or George Kittle, or whatever else. They just they they find a way to always be in the game. Um, and I think the Super Bowl is going to going to be a good game as a result of that. Um, so yeah, so hey, congrats to San Fran. They were the best team in the NFC. They had home field advantage. They used it to their advantage, and. 
you know, they persevered against a really pesky uh, Detroit team that's very, very solid. Well, I mean, I will say this about San Francisco. They're down 24-7 at halftime. And then at some point, they're up 34-24 um, in the fourth quarter. Yep. With, uh, you know, at 3.02. So that means they just – they made amazing fucking uh, adjustments at halftime. Yep. Speaking to your Kyle Shanahan factor, yep. they saw what they needed to see – and they, the score went from 24 to 7 to 34 24. And I know that Campbell had some gaffes and should have taken the points, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, I think he probably sensed what was happening is that San Francisco's taking control and we can't win with three. That's right. If we kick threes, we're just going to lose. I, I will defend Campbell from the standpoint of this is how they got there. This is how they got there, man. And that is his DNA. Yeah. And again, he's a big, dumb animal and he's going to do it with brute strength and ignorance. And if it costs him a game, he's going to live with that. And he was, to nobody's surprise, he stood up in the press conference and said as much. And yeah. he's like, yeah, a lot of these decisions are on me. I got to live with them. But that's the reason we're here, and it's a hell of a ride. And sometimes they work, and sometimes they don't. I mean, oh. he fucking scored, what, 27 points straight, right? I mean, there's Who's a, that? Um, uh, they went down 24-7. And who's that, up, San Fran? Yeah, yeah they yeah, scored I mean, them 27-0. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, right. that's not one person's fault. Right. That's just a team who has got talent, figured it out, made adjustments, knew how to attack them, knew how to stop them, and they won. That's right. So so here we are. All right, yeah. so that, that sets the table. So Super Bowl 58, I believe it is, on Sunday is Chiefs 49ers. The line has been anywhere from a point and a half to two and a half points, which is essentially a pick em game, as far as, game as far as I'm concerned. Um, they're just going to see who's got action on Mahomes, and then they'll – Bump the line a certain way and get a little more action on, uh, you know, San France. There we go. Interesting game. Um, coaching, I would say – I just said Kyle Shanahan's the best coach in the NFL right now, and I stand by that. But if I had to give an advantage coaching-wise, you got to give it to the vet, Andy Reid. He's been there. Yeah. He's done that. He makes adjustments. He seems to know what he's doing. But if you call that a wash, I'd, I'd be – I think it's a wash. I don't think there's one I think the both other. defenses are elite – and they're playing elite. I think San Fran has better personnel, um, but KC seems to buy into their system really well. So maybe a slight uptick for San Fran. Um, offensive production, San Fran seems to have the numbers. But for me, it's Mahomes. It's Mahomes. That's what I was going to say. If All it, of that analysis comes down yep. to they have Patrick Mahomes. They got the best player. And Brock Purdy, for all the good feel story, he's not Patrick Mahomes. And you can shut him down, whereas I don't think you can shut Mahomes down. Um, I just think I'll be cheering for San Francisco, um, but I just think that Mahomes has too much. He's got too much mojo. He's yeah. too he's too good, and he'll make enough plays. Um, That's he just will, it. He has matured so much. Yeah, he'll if make. If you look back to his first couple years when they were really getting good, you know, he was chasing the three four hundred game yard games because that's the way the offense ran it was Tyreek Hill running around it was you know boom 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 we're just gonna outscore everybody and he's matured and adapted and he didn't mind if he throws for 250 and it takes him you know 35 completions to do so he just he has a feel in the pocket that nobody else does in the league right now I think that in order for San Francisco to win they have to be able they have to be able to control the ball by running the ball so McCaffrey's Hmm. gonna have to to have a big game. Okay. I think that Kansas City has proven that they will stop the other team's strength. They will make, um, you know, 
them uh, San Francisco passed the ball to win, and I just don't think they have enough to keep up. Right. Now, it's not going to be a blowout, but I just think that Kansas City and Mahomes will make more plays than San Francisco will, and I think they'll win a close one. I, I, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be lower scoring than people are thinking. I'm going to say uh, I'm, I'm gonna go 20, 2017 uh, Kansas City. I'm going to go slightly higher. I'm going to go uh, 23-16. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think San Fran will have the ball with a chance to tie it up with a touchdown drive and fall short. I do not think the game will be more than 14 points at one point. I can't see anybody running anybody. No, and uh, it might be a little bit of a field goal fest in the first half. Yeah. That, that's very possible, too. Um, but I will have my San Francisco hat on. Okay. Not that I have a hat, but I'll have my imaginary San Francisco hat on. You'll you'll look in the mirror, you'll see your WVU hat, and it'll say San Fran that yeah. day. So... I hope my boy Chase Young gets a gets a <laughs> ring. I, I as an aside, Todd. I don't know what future he has. Apparently, he's getting benched, or at least not, maybe not publicly, but that's what that's the rumor because he just takes place off, and they're not going to resign him in San Francisco. Not a chance. He was a rental. They knew it, and he's going to get a one or two year deal. And if he doesn't improve, he's going to be out of the league. Isn't that crazy? He's going to be out of the league in two years. Saying that he was the what second overall, third overall pick, he just doesn't seem to have any interest, or maybe he's just maybe his knee is just too shattered that he just right. can't feel like he can go on it. You know, maybe so, but yeah, no, he's he's been a giant disappointment. Yeah. All right, all right, so we're both taking KC. I know that's not sexy, that's not crazy, but it's hard to hard to go against the best man until yeah. you knock him off, right? I mean, that's like anybody that betted or that bet against Brady back in the day, right? You know, it's like. Oh man, he won another ugly Super Bowl. Well, yeah, that's what yeah. he fucking does. So it, it, yeah. it will be, you know, more of com- uh, interesting in commercials than it will be on. Yeah, uh, probably, probably. All right, man. So which uh, which huh, which local team do we want to discuss first? That's making so our blood boil let's a just, little bit. Let's just let's just talk about it. What do you do with Koozie and what's going on? Man, Jerry, I wish I knew on both of those questions. Um, when you advocated last year about this time to just go ahead and get get rid of Koozie, and I was like, you get nothing in return, you were like, it might be worth it in the long term. I think you may have been right. I think yeah. you may have been right because production-wise, this year, he's pretty much done dick. I mean, Nick Dowd is a fourth-line NHL center and is outproducing him in terms of points yeah. and, and viability. They've got a young center in McMichael and another young center in Strom. So I've just named three centers on the team that are better than Evgeny Kuznetsov right now in terms of production. I think we we understand why. It's either substance abuse, mental health, or a combination of yep. both. But chicken or the egg at that point, yeah, right? He's just not. I don't. I mean, and this has been an ongoing problem. It has. So it's not like this has just crept up and like holy shit, right? Like right. When it happened. We were all disappointed, but nobody should be surprised. No, I, not not in the slightest. Right, and I think this is a a situation where um, his off the field habits or deficiencies have just destroyed his career, and I don't think it's getting better. Yeah, I was of the with this team being so short on game changing talent. I was very reticent to to send him anywhere or to try and even move him. Well, nobody's going to want to trade for him now. Now he's completely damaged goods. Yeah, nobody, and, nobody should want to trade for him. And quite honestly, that what the year has shown me here is with a new system, with a new up tempo system that should suit his style. 
he disappears. Um, and I feel bad because I mean, we saw his, how good he can be. Yeah, when his, we had his the problems run. are all off the ice. They are. And I think his problems have been all off the ice for a while. Me too. The question I have is what are the remedies? Yeah. How much uh, term does he have left on his contract? I know he can go long-term IR. There's no reason to bring it back this year. Right. Um, uh, but what do you – can you void any – is there is there like a – like in the NFL, there's generally a player um, – I don't want to say performance clause, but, you know, your moral turpitude clause, what we say in the law. Is there – like if someone becomes a drug addict or has mental illness, can you void any part of the contract? It's a really good question. Uh, it's definitely over my pay grade. Yeah, I'll say this. I, 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 I believe I believe after the season he's got two more years guaranteed. Um, well, all NHL contracts are guaranteed, so he's got two more. Um, it would not shock me to see this go one of two ways. One is, hey, guys, he's back. We're going to give him another shot. Let's see how we go. And hopefully he platoons for 10, 12 games, and they're able to move him, even for a bag of pucks. That's option one. Scenario two is he never plays in the NHL again. And I've heard that as a real possibility but because he can't, he's... He, nobody should be... If you're in his, if you're representing him, he cannot quit. He cannot voluntarily play somebody else, player else, because he voids his contract. Correct. You, he needs that. You need to make sure he gets that money. So I believe what they would, if that scenario were to be plausible, it would be that he has a contract waiting for him in the KHL. In the KHL, and he can go back home, and they will pay him handsomely and give him, you know, the 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 hero's welcome coming back home to his homeland. That to me seemed maybe like that, a pipe dream a year ago. It seems plausible now. Maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he just maybe wants he to go home. I just made the whole fucking case earlier that you know a change of scenery is good for some people. Maybe it is for him. Maybe this NHL North American game just doesn't suit him. And the and the culture and the nightlife and I, I don't know what it's like in Russia, yeah. but well, it's a grind too, right. right? He doesn't grind, man. He's a diva, and we've known that. But so would that void his contract? As far as the contractual yeah. obligations of everything, we, we don't I, know. I just don't know. Like if he chooses to quit, oh, he can. Yeah. Oh, he can, he can retire slash say right. I'm not playing and and I will you know you know he can void his own contract. Right. The team can't void the contract no. on his behalf. Well, I mean, I so looking strictly business and. Um, without any sort of emotion, that seems to be the best option for the Capitals. If, yeah, man. If he, I if mean, he takes his, if he decides to go back to the KHL, and that allows uh, the Capitals to get some cap relief, sure, to, to start and continue this rebuild. Well, here's the deal, right? <laughs> You've said it many, many times, but their highest paid players are Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, um, Carlson, Oshi. I mean, we're talking about old, old players here. Um, and Carlson and Oshie are the are the young bucks in that in that uh, scenario. Um, they've got a lot of roster retooling to do, and I'm uh, I'm not at uh, liberty to say at this point McClellan completely screwed up because I don't think he did. But at the same point, he did not take the proactive moves with veterans. That some of his other, that some of the other GMs in the league have done. I am 
beginning to wonder if McClellan is the guy to make the correct choices. So McClellan seems to be, I mean, he's he's he ha- he seems he, to have a lot of misses. He's the architect of of the the Cup team. And when people say no, it was McPhee. I it wasn't. I get McClellan it. McClellan was was the guy, so he it. gets a pass in a lot of ways. But I agree with you for only so long, though. He can't for get only a pass so forever. long, and there's a big difference as an executive between uh, putting together a roster in your prime and other players' primes, and then turning a roster over when you're past your prime and you have players that are past their prime. And that's the question for me. Has he drafted well? I I would argue that it's where the Capitals have drafted in the last 10 years, it's impossible to quote-unquote draft well. They've got enough guys on their team that they have drafted that are NHLers that I would say he's he's above grade in the NHL. He's he's He was the correct player, and his performance has reflected as such because they can't seem to score. No, they cannot score. Um, so are and, we not drafting scores? Well, well, here's the deal. A lot of the draft picks are defensive guys mm-hmm. and smaller role type players. I think the one player that's not scoring enough is McMichael. Um, yeah. But when I watch him play, he's still super impactful. Like, I mean, he skates like a, an NHL center. He's up and down the ice. He's defensively fine. Um, in his defense, he's been moved all over the fucking place. I get it. What is he? Is he a center? Is he a wing? But when they drafted him, and I told you this, he's not a 30-goal scorer in the NHL. He doesn't have the body for it. He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have the makeup. Well, they're drafting 16th or whatever. Well, every, every guy from 12 to, to 30 just fit the mold that I just described. Right, but who was drafted after him that's performing better? I don't know. Right. I don't know from his gr- draft class who that is. Well, that's, that's a fun... That's Let's save that one for next week. Let's save that one for next week. When well, we're... No, we can do it. We can do it. Okay. What, what, All right. what was his draft year? Uh, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. I'd say probably maybe 2018, 2017. Connor. Somewhere in there. Um, well, I will try to do this in the next 30 seconds. And if I can't, then we'll save it. <laughs> but I'll say this. Drafting in the NHL is, again, if you don't have a top five pick and it's a can't-miss draft – it's it's more of an inexact science than any of the other uh, uh, leagues. You know, it's right. just you're you're throwing it at the wall and hoping something sticks. Um, McClellan was part of McPhee's staff, and they collectively drafted guys of the ilk of Simeon Varlamov, Tom Wilson, Evgeny Kuznetsov, um, John Carlson. That's a Capitals draft pick. You know. Mm-hmm. Those, but those are old. Those predate. They, they predate him as the GM. My point being, he was on that staff. In, in his reign, they've drafted Connor McMichael, Hendricks LaPierre, which are both NHL players, and um, the defenseman that is uh, Martin Faravari. Faravari, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, how many years has he had to draft now? Six, seven? I just named three NHLers that are on this current roster. So, I mean, again, if you're drafting in those middle rounds, at least have somebody stick on your roster. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's almost like in the NFL. To me, this is it. If you draft 10 to 12 on back in the NHL draft, that's akin to a third-round pick in the NFL. How many third-round picks stick? Probably 50%. 
So if you can get 50% of your picks to stick, you've done, you done okay. Well, I would love to be able to pull up the 2019 NHL draft and go over it. But it, now, now, we'll table this because I would like to do a little research on it too because you asked a really valid question. Who after him is there? You know? Right, that's what I'm trying to figure and, and, out. And I'm, and I'm with you 100% on that, on that question. Um, I'll say this. Right now, I'm very frustrated with the Caps because um, they they have not done enough, in my opinion, to get Ovi involved in the offense as they've been struggling. And I, they're going to do it too little too late. He scored in the last two games. I'm hoping, selfishly, he goes on a heater. But I said a few weeks ago, this team's not going to make the playoffs. My exact quote was, they're not going to make the playoffs. Right. They'll probably be about 10th. And they're going to be in the hunt until March, and it's going to piss us off. I think they're going to be out of the hunt way earlier than that. Okay. So here's the here's the draft, and I don't know who any of these fucking people are. So okay. So was so nineteen was McMichael's year. Nineteen, he was picked number twenty five. Okay. So Jerry, he's fucking twenty five. I understand. Uh, okay. All right. Jacob Pelletier. 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 He's in the league and a dime a dozen player. Nolan Foot. Uh, he just got suspended again. He's he's not very good. Ryan Suzuki. Uh, he goes back and forth between the A and, and the N. Braden Tracy. Not in the league. John Beecher. Not in the league. Ryan Johnson. Not in the league. Shane Pinto. How do you spell that? P-I-N-T-O. Oh, Pinto, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, uh, He's a, he's a quasi-AHL, NHLer. Okay, I'll do four more to make it ten. Arthur Kaliav. Nope. Bobby Brink. Nope. Anti Tumasito. Nope. He had a he had a cup of coffee with the the Canadians, but didn't last. And Peter Kochalov. Nope, never made the NHL. And Mads Sogard. <laughs> nope. All right. Yeah, I don't recognize any of the Jaden Struble. Nope. Okay. So those were the those were the ten after. So it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. So again, draft position in the NHL is everything, and the draft year is everything. And it takes time, and that's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Is the John Carlson pick, for example. Carlson was a huge part of the cup team. He's been a perennial NHL all-star. Logs the most minutes on the team. He's considered around the league as one of those just solid plug him into your roster. He's he's not a downside, right? right? He's a he's a top level tier defenseman that you can plug in, power play, PK, whatever, right? When Carlson got drafted, took him 3 years to make his NHL debut. People were like, "We missed, we missed, we missed." And then it took another 3 years for him to actually be impactful. Well, so yeah, you my, got, my point being, you build through free agency in the NHL. You have to. And they don't have any money. Boom. There it is. Which was yeah, and, but that's been your point for a while, and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm giving you a ton of credit yeah. here because looking back at it and with, with my hindsight glasses, yeah, moving on from Kuzi would have been a wise idea. Yeah, Last year, you weren't going to make the playoffs. Trading a guy like Oshie for somebody who's making a playoff run was probably a better idea. Yeah. You know? And, and it's hard to do in the moment. Maybe they should do it this year. Maybe they should do it this year. Um, All right. Doesn't look like the Terpy Terps are going to make the tournament. What the bloody fuck? Jesus. Can't beat Rutgers at home. 
don't get I don't get me wrong. Rutgers is not you know the worst team ever, but no, but but Jerry, did, did it's you Rutgers see Rutgers at home and you're Maryland and you got fucking? Did you see the shooting numbers from last night? I didn't. It I looked saw like the a score. It looked like a middle school game. First of all, <laughs> let me give you two quick highlights because we're wrapping up here this week. There were seven minutes and forty nine seconds left in the first half last night, mm-hmm. and the score was twelve to eight Rutgers. Jerry, you got to be fucking kidding me. Bad. A Big Ten basketball game with blue chip recruits on both sides, and there were 20 total points scored through over 12 minutes of basketball. Fucking awful. And Maryland was up two at half. And my thought was, well, we're playing like shit. Rutgers is just, they're they're, they're playing an ugly slowdown style, but eh, Maryland will win this game by 10. It'll be 65-55. Well, joke's on me. Um, Maryland got to 53 points. Jameer was three for 17. I think that's really all you need to say. Jerry, did you see the three-point shooting from Maryland? No, but it does Two for 18. Two for 18. Two for 18. Maryland was 17 for 54 through the floor, 31%, 11% from three. <laughs> and uh, Jameer was three for 17. I will say this, Reese, eight for 10, eight of 10 uh, for 19 points. Uh, he had... Uh, 19 points, 12 rebounds. He he played hard. He missed seven free throws. Uh, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. Uh, my boy Dante Scott, is that his name? Eight points and two rebounds. Yeah, he was not like very good last night. Th- in 30 minutes of play. They only played eight guys. And here's my issue. So Kaiser was 0 for 5. Yep. And 0 for 4 from 3. Yep. Um, Long was 0 for 4. Yep. Uh, Scott was three for ten. Holy shit! Yeah, they just- it was it was just a horrific shooting performance. And I'm not gonna. And it was funny because we were leaving the game, and Andrea's like, "You don't seem mad." I'm like, "I'm not mad." I'm like, "It was complete shit basketball." I'm like, "What am I gonna get mad about?" Neither team could hit the the, the side of a barn. It, it it was competitive from the standpoint that they were working hard and they wanted a conference win, but it wasn't like a good gritty performance from either side. It was just blah basketball. I mean, it's the 12 and 10 versus uh, uh, 11 and 10. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just, you're going to, it's two blah teams, two blah teams, man. You're at home. You're playing for something. I, and that's where I don't get it. Um, And look, man, Willard's got a lot of soul searching to do here in this off season because I'm just chalking this year up to, you know, they'll finish a few games over 500. Um, Barring a miracle run in the Big Ten tournament, they're they're gonna have to win the whole thing to get in. I yeah, mean, that's that's the bottom line. You know, this is this is a a wasted year of two guys coming back in in Dante and uh, Jameer, mm-hmm. and I feel bad for them. On the one hand, on the other hand, um, it, Dante has been very much Jekyll or Hyde this year. Yeah. Um. So that's on him, but uh. It's, it's, it's a very odd team. So Willard, he's got some roster construction to work on here in the offseason. Well, um, it appears that the, the game was lost in the first 15 minutes of the second half. That's correct. When Maryland was down 52-43 to 43 with 256 left. They made it close, obviously. They came back. We're only down by th- one at one point. But Jerry, they didn't get to the 40-point mark, I think, until there were six minutes left in the game. Yeah, I mean that's just I'm piss poor, dude. And it's just fucking terrible. It's it's really bad basketball, and that's why again, I, I during the game I wasn't even mad. I was like, wow, this is just miss after miss after miss. And 
Rutgers, you know, made a few more shots than Maryland did in the second half, and there's your ball game. Uh, so with eight seconds left, Dante Scott takes a three pointer. That's a little questionable. Why he's your taking your three pointer when you need he was three. He, he was wide open. He was wide open. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean he could hit it. I guess. But, I, I question everything when you lose, right? Uh, sure, as you should. Well, uh, disappointing. Like I said, it does not uh, does not seem to be trending well. Nope. Even if they get hot to close the season, I think you're right. They got to win it. Yeah. Look, man, they, they they play hard defensively. I thought they were a top 15 team this year. I I thought Going so too. Going into it, I thought they were top. Jerry, five. I thought so too. I I had visions of grandeur in my head, and they they were quickly squashed early in the season. I mean, it, it, it started bad. It did. Like it was right from Jump Street. It was like, what the fuck? Who they lose to at this like Caribbean tournament and. Yeah, All they lost shit. to. Remember, it was like I do, I do. I thought they would be. Was rolling. it like S? It wasn't even SMU. It was somebody worse than it that. It was somebody it was, worse. It was terrible. Yeah. It was like wow. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was. It's, it's been a, it's been a head scratcher this I year. I wonder if, like, so if you're Dante Scott, I know you're 35 years old and you're, <laughs> right. uh, you've exhausted all of your eligibility, right? But you're not going pro. You'll make more in college than you will a pro. So that's why these people like Leah tried to get an extra year because exactly he knows right. he's going to make more in college. That's if right. He goes plays for the SEC team. So let's just use him as an example. Let's say somehow in the world he has some eligibility left. How do you ask him not to come back? How do you say, why don't you go somewhere else? You'll make more money, get more playing time. I agree with you. Because you, you can't take him back, right? Really, the only and I mean Jameer is not coming back, but but he's the only one you would want back, right? Right. I just think that Willard has to get with his NIL collective, yes, and say how much money do I have? And he got he's got to fucking target transfers like he targets recruits. That's right. Because this is a bad year, and it makes people have a you can't have two more of these years. No, no. Last year was a surprise. Yes. But now you're in your third year. You got to start producing. Well, this is his second year. No, I'm talking about next year. Oh, next year, of, of course, yeah. of course. And this year's done. I'm just saying. well, and this year's a surprise in the other direction. In the other direction, but so so if you chalk these two up as canceling each other out, you are 100 percent right. Year three is the key. Right, and you need you need money to get dogs. You need money, and you need to hit. You need to hit on the dogs. Right. You know. And yeah, I mean uh, it's. It's unfortunate. Uh, Rick Pitino's calling for a salary cap in the. I know. In, in I know. The I mean, it makes sense, um, but I don't think it's feasible. Um, but I mean, you got to do something because the rich are just getting richer. Yeah, yeah, man. It's 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 wild, wild west, dude. Yeah. Um, and right now, Maryland's. Uh... <laughs> but but Maryland really doesn't anybody. I mean, they were bringing back a squad that I thought was legit good, like grade eight, sweet sixteen, good. They, they, they should not be as bad as they are. Yeah, well, definitely not, no. So, well, bummer, bummer way to end the uh, the pod today. I was yeah. fucking disappointed. Um, eh, again, I wasn't even mad or even disappointed. I was just kind of like, yeah, that's kind of the season in a nutshell right there, you know? The big win at Illinois is canceled out by the terrible loss against Rutgers. And yeah. then the, the big win against Nebraska is canceled out by the bad loss against Minnesota. And then it just it all kind of just balances yeah. out, and you're like, huh. This team's about a 500 conference team, and middle of the pack's not good enough. Brutal. Yeah. All right, before we get off, I want to give a shout-out to my boy Eddie Batista, who listens to our podcast. What up, Eddie? Senator Eddie. All right. All right, I love it. Eddie, spread the word. Wings, beers, and tears. Later. Peace, peeps.